we met uh, met Witt and and Hannah uh, in 2018 at the CSM conference in Gatlinburg. The conference theme was basically testimonies about what God had done in people's lives, and Witt shared uh, maybe some of what he might share today, but he shared how the Lord had helped him minister to his daughter. And uh, and so since then, there's been a relationship developed, uh, sort of around Sean Pody's studio, but uh, but other things as well. Now, uh, Witt's website for the ministry that they have is called he still rescues.com. And, uh, at that website, if you were to go there and read the biography of Whit Bass, this is what it would say. Whit has served at first Baptist church of Harrensburg. I assume that's Louisiana. Okay. First Baptist church of Calhoun. There's a pattern here. First Baptist church of West Monroe. And then it's kind of changed. Life Church of Winsboro, Mangum Baptist Church. He has served in ministry since 1993. He completed a Master's of Divinity degree at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary in May of 2016 and has an endorsement for chaplaincy through the North American Mission Board. If you don't know the Baptist world, that's the Baptist uh, wing of missions. He, ha- he has been ordained as a minister of the gospel. He and his family have launched into full-time ministry to serve all who struggle with any of life's issues, such as bondages, addictions, suicidal propensities, cutting, freedom, and etc. cetera. Uh, listening to uh, Witt talk to the men Friday night, it was apparent that his gifting and his anointing rests largely in Isaiah 61 and Luke 4, and that is setting the captives free. And there was another. There's another part of Wit's ministry that he shared with the men. How many of you know what's better than being set free? Not being in bondage to begin with. I mean, you know, hey. Country boys are slow. But anyway, (laughs) sometimes we do things, we say things, we go places both mentally and geographically that cause us to bring ourselves into bondage or allow the enemy to bring us into bondage. And so part of Witt's ministry is to help us prevent that. But but he has a valid ministry in setting people, seeing people set free by the power of God's Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so he's going to come today and he's going to share uh, what's on his heart and, uh, and he's going to pray for some folks to be set free. And some of you are going to be set free by hearing the word of God. But, uh, anyway, uh, and of course you just heard his daughter, his other daughter, well, I think went to the children's class. I don't know your mother's name with Cindy. Cindy is here. His mother is here with, with, with the family. And uh, so let's welcome Whit Bass from Archbald, Louisiana. <laughs> you have to look that one up on a map. You may not find it. <laughs> we do have a post office in Archbald. Wow. Mm. How do y'all like my, my journal? It, you know... <laughs> It it once looked it once looked kind of like my Bible. You see how beautiful this 
leather Bible is. It had a leather covering on it. And when I was in Malawi, Africa recently, my interpreter said, Brother, I love your leather cover on your book. (laughs) My Bible could sure use a leather cover like that. So in the back seat, we uh, proceeded to take the leather cover off, and I gave it to him. When you go to third world countries, a lot of times you give away what you take. Many times. I've given away raincoats, just shoes, coats, all kinds of stuff. And it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, especially in those situations. Wow. Mm. Brother, I have so much to say. You know, that's right. So today I'm going to, um, I'm going to give you some, I guess some, some big picture insights as to who we are, what we do. Larry touched on it really well as to what we are. Um, let me get my phone out so I can see my time here. I don't see a clock. All right. I at least have a point of reference here. Well, thank you for opening up your pulpit. On a Sunday, because I know that you only—it's only been a week or two ago that you had someone here. So I really, I really re- received that humbly. Feel, thank you for reaching out, um, Sean. Where's Sean? Thank you, and for all you've done to help us with Hannah's project. I think we're getting really close. <laughs> it's been a process, um, and uh, my my mother, Michael. Michael waved at everybody. This is one of my friends, Michael Sarton. Went to college together. And he lives here in Nashville. And uh, he's become a lifelong friend of mine. Hmm. Well, what I want to do is, is just begin to... Uh, I want to begin to to tell you that I want to touch on a couple... On two main topics today. Two main topics. And the... One of the big pictures, Larry touched on it, it's setting the captive free, okay? Um, but yesterday, I felt very, very moved that I was to share a sermon that I had shared in Malawi on, from pastor training. And so, I'm not going to go as in-depth as I thought I was going to go in, this, in the area of breaking free, in the area of becoming whole. But I want to lay a little bit of a foundation, and I, I want to encourage you... To reread Isaiah 61. If you haven't read it lately, just reread that, that whole chapter. Let me just put it to you this way. Jesus fasted for 40 days, and this is the, this is where he went. He, he, he announced his becoming Messiah, and he went to Isaiah 61. And the word salvation in the Greek language is sozo. And it means to save, to heal, and to deliver. And the importance of becoming whole is so that we can be sent. That's the way I look at it. So that we can manifest the kingdom of God wherever we are. Since I've been here in Tennessee, we've, we've been doing that. At the hotel, at Chick-fil-A. I'm driving out of the parking lot Friday night after I left here. And I saw a man in a wheelchair. And I didn't remember him, but he was from Louisiana. 
And the, the Holy Spirit would let me drive by the parking lot. Go pray for that man. So Hannah went with me. We went and we said, hey, we don't. We just want to pray for you. Is there anything specifically that we can pray for you about? And his wife, I didn't know this was his wife. She said, oh, my gosh, we need a new van. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, praying for the miracle. But God was he had his the Lord wanted me to go and, and pray for them to encourage them just to be a blessing to them. <clears throat> they received it. Come to find out he's from Alexandria area, Louisiana. So he sings. His name is Ben Waits um, at the hotel. Yesterday morning, we're eating breakfast. I notice a man, he gets up, he starts limping out of the the lobby from eating breakfast. Holy Spirit impressed on me, chase him down. <laughs> That's what we do. We don't literally, I didn't run after him, but I, I followed him discreetly to the elevator. And they're in the elevator. I mean, this guy's never seen me before, okay? And I said, sir, I said, I'd like to pray with you. <laughs> The whole family's in the elevator. I, I, I thought, I better get in this elevator. They're about to, you know, take off and leave me. So I got in the elevator with the family. They get up to the, their floor, and the, the family, they take off. They think, this guy, he's kind of, you know, he's a little fruity probably because he's... The, people aren't used to this, okay? They're really not. They're not used to the body of Christ being bold. However, this man said that one man had already prayed for him. And so I was the second man to pray for him in this hotel. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and I think I met that man, by the way. He was very bold, too. I prayed for his knee. He had had surgery and issues with his knee. We prayed, and we saw immediate results from the pain. However, this morning, he chases me out the door as I'm loading up my car. And he's his eyes are tearing. And he says, Brother, he said, did you leave your cards at the front desk? I said, well, I did. I said, you know, they don't. Sometimes they don't keep them. And so I handed in my card. He said, because I feel like I'm supposed to get back in touch with you. There's all kinds of things swirling in my life and in my heart right now. Someone just, I think his mother maybe or father may have just passed away. There's there's a lot of things going on in him. And this is, this is kind of how I roll. Um, it really is. I, I do have a ministry and my phone doesn't seem to stop, you know, as far as averaging two to three people a week. At four to six hours at a time, you know, taking them through deliverance and inner healing and prayer. And, you know, it's uh, – and then I take mission trips. Um, I'll be going to Belarus in September. It'll be my fourth out-of-country mission trip this year, twice to Africa, once to Honduras, and then going to Belarus. And so we have a lot going on, and we just minister, you know, and enjoy it. But I love the one-on-one. It's an opportunity for me to step out in faith. I told the men Friday night, I said, and I've been hearing this lately, you spell faith, R-I-S-K, risk. Can I ask you a question, church? Are you taking risk for Jesus? Now, my wife, she's not a real big fan of all this, this really makes her uncomfortable. But the, but after seeing it, what we do over and over, she's been beginning to kind of take some steps, and and she's she has a prophetic gifting. But the beauty of the church is that you become equipped, and I know that this is what your pastor's heart is. He wants to see you become equipped to release you to be kingdom. In the Old Testament, you had the Ark of the Covenant. 
And it was a picture of the hosting of the presence of God. It's also a picture of when heaven and earth came together. In the Holy of Holies, in the temple, you had where heaven and her earth came together. There's a tension in the kingdom of God. N.T. Wright says it's not yet, but still to come. It's here and not yet. It's kind of a, it's a tension. They're coming together, right? Every time you and I walk into the unknown and we take risk, new college student, you're about to go to college, right? Uh, Oh, you, I'm sorry. I miss, I thought you were a senior. Okay. I hope I haven't offended you. Okay. So college graduate. As you're walking out every day of your life, you are extending the kingdom of God. You're extending the hope of God's glory. You're extending the love of the Father. And sometimes as we begin to Act on what the Holy Spirit impresses upon us. The more we do that, the more we will respond. It's like anything. If we exercise, you'll notice we begin to build muscle. But it's through the training. And it's actually through the tearing down process that that muscle becomes stronger. And so we have to act on what the Holy Spirit is showing us. I come across um, a quote by Billy Graham earlier. And let's see if I can locate that because I have, um, let's see if this is it. Well, who knows where it's at because I've got notes up in here. But basically what Billy Graham said was this. In short, he said, don't ask for more power if you're not going to use it. I thought that was pretty profound. Don't ask for the more Unless you're planning on putting it out there and blessing other people. Um, so. So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read to you Isaiah 61. And I'm not going to read to you Luke 4. I feel like I've kind of already touched on that. Reread re, re through that if you haven't. And, and couples, um, my wife and I are reading through the book Breaking Free right now by Beth Moore. It's a really good biblical context of... Becoming whole. Um, I want to share this because I really think that this um, this portion of Beth Moore's book, Breaking Free, really speaks to becoming whole. Now, the, the verse, chapter and verse, I'm going to be jumping around a lot today, so don't feel like you got to try to keep up with me. But in Isaiah 57, 13 and 14, Scripture here says, The man who makes me his refuge will inherit the land and possess my holy mountain. And it will be said, build up, build up, prepare the road, remove the obstacles. Everybody say, remove the obstacles. Remove the obstacles. Let's try that one more time. Remove the obstacles. Remove the Out of the way of my people. Can I ask you a question? Are there any obstacles that need to be removed in your life? In my life. And here's the thing. You can probably say yes. Because here's the thing. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. We, we're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things that, that do not honor God. We're going, to, you know, we're going to do those things at some point. So God's always like this. He's, he's waiting on us. He's waiting on us to come back. And just to, whatever that needs to look like. 
Beth Moore says, in Isaiah's day, villages prepared weeks in advance for a visit by their king. Workmen cleared a path and built a road to provide the easiest access for his entourage. If the king did not find the path adequately prepared, he would bypass the village and withhold his blessing. Are we ready to cooperate and prepare the way for our liberator? Are we willing and ready to do our part, to do the part that requires, that's required for us to receive from the Lord? In Beth's book, she talks about there being five benefits to breaking free and then five obstacles. One of the obstacles is unbelief in God. Now, this obstacle ties into what I'm going to talk about in the sense of demonstrating the kingdom of God. But listen to what this this word unbelief means. It's choosing not to believe God or believing what God says. It comes from the Greek word in the New Testament, apistos, and it means not worthy of confidence, untrustworthy, a thing not to be believed. Let me ask you a question. Can we believe in Jesus? Can we believe in our God? And some of you may say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to pray for the sick to be healed. That that, that doesn't really resonate with me. What Jesus told us as his disciples, he said, pray for the sick. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. There's a boldness that's that's brewing in the body. It's it's not, I'm I'm just telling you, what we're seeing is the more... We reach out and begin to step out in faith the more we see the Lord do. The, the result is not left up to me, but it's, it's important that I obey. Obedience is the key. Obedience is the key here. Um, unbelief cripples our spiritual walk, casting huge obstacles in the way of a victorious life. And so that, that plays out in a lot of different ways, this word unbelief. Um, so I'm going to move on out of my first message that I was going to be preaching to you. I just gave you a little, few little taste of that one. But where I'm feeling like God wanted me to share with you are some of these verses. And this is some of the things I said to the pastors in Malawi. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration. Everybody say, Demonstration. Of the Spirit's power. So that your faith. R-I-S-K. Might not rest on men's wisdom. But on God's power. Do we want to be his hands? Do we want to be his feet? Do we want to be his mouth? Do we want to be his heart? We need to replicate Reproduce. Your pastor is here to equip you to send you out. The song Hannah sang, send me, oh God. That's Isaiah 6. Isaiah was, his lips were touched. He says, Lord, I'm undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. But when he came into the presence of God, the Lord was preparing him. He was removing the obstacles. He touched his lips. He began to... Sanctify him. To prepare him for the way to be used of God. 
We need to become whole and healed so we can be sent out. If you get nothing else today but become whole, become free, so that I can be the hands of God. I can be the heart of God. I can be the feet of God. I can be the ears of God. To reflect. We are here to reflect the nature of God. If I gave you a mirror, I think even better than that, there's a disco ball right here. And the lights that hit the mirrors, you know what I'm saying, it goes all over. Anybody used to go skating back in the day? I'm I'm in my 40s, so when I was a kid, you went skating, especially if you lived in the country. There wasn't much else to do. You went skating or watched a movie or whatever, but we would go skating and they would have a disco ball. And man, that thing would make these little lights all over the room. And I'm just thinking, that's what we're to reflect. The king. And when the light hits you and I, we reflect it right back out. To a world that is hurting, that is hungry, that is broken. They're looking for answers. They're looking for love. But here's the thing. I got to tell you this. So this young man named Brian, some of this I'm shared Friday night. On Easter Sunday, he came forward at the church and he was, I mean, massively delivered. I mean, kind of like what Hannah had. He had it, you know, they brought him to the prayer room because he was coming to the altar. And this is a mega church. So the pastor's wife brings Brian to the prayer room. And my friend May, she's Vietnamese. She and her husband are in Cambodia right now. They're, they're doing a scouting trip, pioneering to see where God wants to send them in the near future. Brian gets delivered, massively, radically delivered. And then I spent four to five hours with him not long after that, a couple weeks after that. And then I get this call from this kid by the name of Ashton who needs prayer. Awful, awful situation. But Ashton had been... Trained up by around about the age of three and a half to watch pornography and perform what he was watching on men. I mean, it's the stuff that I hear is, is so just mind-boggling. But guess who I got to help me pray for Ashton? I got Brian. Just two weeks, three weeks, maybe a month free himself. I'm pulling him into the trenches. Not because I do that often, but this young man says, I want to learn. He says, show me what you're doing. I want to. So he's already, he's jumping in the boat. And that's what discipleship looks like. Discipleship is about us not just learning in the sense of the intellect, but also in the demonstration. In the Hebrew culture, it was demonstrate. In the Greek culture, it was just to learn, pontificate. So we've got to bring them together. I think they're both important. We have to learn by hearing the word, by speaking the word. All these are important, but then we have to put it out there once we've received it. There needs to be an outflow. Yesterday I went to Cummins Falls. You have a new state park. You may not know this, but in 2012 it became a state park just a little over an hour from here. Cummins Falls. Beautiful, beautiful waterfall. And I'm watching this waterfall And there's probably 500 people there yesterday, maybe more, maybe less. There's a lot of people. This waterfall is falling through there, and and there's a pond-looking area. But the beauty of it was it had a release valve. It had a release that the stream continued. That water didn't have time to become stagnant because it's moving. It doesn't stop in the pond. It keeps moving out. And so it stays clean. It stays clear. 
It's beautiful. The water is green. It's like a clear water. The church, unfortunately, many times becomes a pond. It becomes stagnant. And the way we fight from becoming stagnant, I'm going to keep picking on you, is we take what we receive and we give it away. Jesus said, freely you've received, now go and give. It's evangelizing, share your testimony, share the gospel, pray for the sick, pray for those in bondage. Now, I understand some of us are more anointed for certain things. Some of you have prophetic giftings. Some of you have other giftings. It may just be that you're an encourager, you're a teacher. There's all kinds of gifts in this room right now. Ask Holy Spirit, Lord, show me how I can extend you to others to bring your kingdom, Lord. The kingdom is within us. It's also yet to come. There's a tension there, right? So every time we walk out these doors and just think of yourself as a disco ball, you're bringing the kingdom. On a sunny day, like they say in Baton Rouge, something about rain, there's no chance of rain. <laughs> LSU. I've been there when it's rained, so I know it does rain. But the idea is we don't want... We want to be shining for Jesus all the time. We want to shine our light. We want to show our love to others. And that's what he's called us to do. I found my quote by Dr. Graham. So here it goes. He says, I think it is a waste of time for us Christians to look for power we do not intend to use. For might and prayer unless we pray. For strength to testify without witnessing. For power unto holiness without attempting to live a holy life. For grace to suffer unless we take up the cross. For power in service unless we serve. Someone said, God gives dying grace only to the dying. Pretty profound quote by Dr. Graham. Okay. So in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, the second part of this verse, Jesus, and this is referring to Jesus, it says, The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Do you know how you destroy the works of the devil? Be that disco ball for Jesus, letting your light shine wherever you're at. You manifest the goodness of God. You manifest the glory of God. You manifest the love of the Father. Wherever you're at, you're shining your light. You shine. And guess what happens? People will be drawn to you. They'll be drawn to you. Now, sometimes they may be repelled from you, too. The gospel can be offensive. I don't recommend trying to be a jerk. Okay, I love people. And that's all you, you just love, and sometimes you leave it up to the Lord, but there's a seed that becomes planted in that. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is the Apostle Paul. He was telling the Corinthians, imitate me because I'm imitating Jesus, and I'm just telling you all, let's imitate Christ. What did Christ do? I've already said it. He's about the Father's business. He's touching the sick. He's healing the sick. He's raising the dead, casting out devils. You know, the lame, all those different situations. He's going after those situations. So, in Malawi, 
while I was there, I trained pastors on how to pray for the sick. One of the churches we went to, I got back, he emailed me, he says, Pastor, he says, we've already seen 31 or 32, I forget, salvation since you all have left and 23 healings. I mean, this was about a month after we left. And for him, that was a huge thing to see that, you know. Um, he said four or five were, have been healed of malaria. That's a kind of a big deal there. Um, malaria is really bad in Africa. How do we pray for the sick? If you're doing it in public, if you're doing this in public, I find it to be most effective if you do it in short prayers. It's not a time to get your quiet time in. They're on their way somewhere. They're trying to get somewhere. So if they'll give me two minutes, three minutes, that's all I ask. Sometimes they'll give you more, but you know how people, we're all busy. We're trying to get somewhere. They don't want to hear about your 15-minute testimony. I know you, I mean, you know, we, we love what God's done in us, but that's too long. We've got to be able to move and shake, move and shake in the kingdom. Outside the doors of the, of the, this is where you come together to be encouraged. But when you leave these doors, you're on mission. We're all called to be on mission. None of us are off the hook. If we imitate Christ, and we're to imitate Him, He's called us to a higher standard. And we can't be out there really doing effective work for the ministry if we harbor bitterness, or harboring unforgiveness, or making judgments, making vows, trauma, wounding, all these things. That's why it's important that we receive the healing and the wholeness and the freedom that Jesus talks about in Luke 4 and Isaiah 61. So there's a picture, the broken and the captive become the rebuilder of ruined cities and ancient ruins in Isaiah 61. So there's a partnership there. We have to bring that together. Hannah, I need you to come up here. I'm going to just use you as a an illustration as we pray for people. There's nothing magical about what I'm about to show you. It really is sim- the simplicity of how we pray for people. Um, now, Hannah... I didn't really tell y'all much about her, but how many of you have never seen Hannah before today? Some of you? Okay, there's quite a few of you. How many of you know nothing about her? Okay, so quite a few of you. Um, so Hannah um, was um, diagnosed with autism, Asperger's, when she was about 12. And um, now she's just loving Jesus and she's writing music and singing and all that kind of stuff. But at one point she was captive. Okay. She was cutting. She attempted suicide. She was bullied. She was not accepted. Y'all follow what I'm saying? She was hurting as a little girl. She had given up. And the Lord used me as her father to help get her out of that brokenness. That's how this ministry was birthed out of our own house. And so that's what makes me passionate because when I tell you that the broken become the solution, just like Brian that I mentioned, he's becoming a part of the solution. He was just a month ago possessed himself and now he's praying for this young man to be free who's had 40 to 50 male partners. Unbelievable stuff. And now he's helping this young man. 
Hannah has done the same thing with me. She's gone through training. She's received training to pray for those who are in bondage. So it's important for us to see the potential of every person. Don't don't write a person off because of what you see in the present. With God, all things are possible. All things are possible with God. And so now she leads worship prophetically and all that. It's beautiful stuff. So anyway, continue to pray for Hannah and all of us because we're seeking the Lord and daily. <laughs> we don't have it all together, but we just we're continue to build that train as we're on that track. We just, we're moving. That's one thing we're doing is we're moving. So Hannah, um, you don't have to do anything. You just got to stand there and look pretty. Can you do that for me? All right. <laughs> So I'm, let's just say uh, I come in contact with Hannah and we're talking and Hannah has pain in her shoulder area and, and she's shared with me. Matter of fact, the waitress uh, at the uh, yeah. hotel, she's telling us that she's have pain in her wrist because she's been serving for so many years. And we're like, OK, well, so Hannah grabs one wrist and I grab one wrist and so let me see your wrist. So Hannah's holding the other one. And so we just prayed for her wrist. We said, Lord, touch these wrists. Bring healing uh, to her wrist. We just speak to the pain and we say, go. Wrist be healed. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. It can be a real short little command prayer. It's just like that. Uh, knee pain. Lord, would just speak to the pain in the knee. Pain be gone. Knee be healed. Be whole. Now, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm just teaching you some simple little things on how to pray, that, that's, I mean, that's a simple way to do it. Be healed. Pain be gone in Jesus' name. I mean, that, that is, that's really not super hard to do. Now, as you continue to do this, there's other things that you can learn, you know. But I think just in the beginning, we're going to put training wheels on this for some of us today. So let's just let's do the simple. And the Holy Spirit will teach you and he'll take you deeper as you do the simple. Be healed, be gone. Just like that. You know, it's just simple. But out of that, we had a man sitting across the room and he saw me. And as we got done praying, this man is sitting over there, and he's just doing this. And he's letting me know that his spirit's bearing witness of what, what we're doing. It's beautiful. Complete stranger. <laughs> Complete stranger. Thank you, Hannah. You did, you did a good job. Appreciate it. You really did this morning. And, Sean, thank you all for trusting her and giving her that opportunity. You guys are awesome. We love the, the giftings that are here. And you all are training people up. Like your son, like Roddy, continue to do that. Continue to raise up and equip, whether it's in music or whatever it is, whatever it's in. All right, so some scriptures I want to share with you um, from the New Testament. We'll be in Matthew 10 and Matthew 11. Matthew 10, verse 1. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Now, this word authority means what you say it in the Greek language, exousia, exousia. Okay. Now, here's the here's the idea behind it. If you were a local sheriff, you you would have authority. Probably the sheriff in a in a parish in Louisiana has 
And that domain has more authority than anybody. It's amazing. What, I mean, they can do whatever just about, you know, as long as it's just not blatantly un, unlawful. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying they, they have all this authority. And so as believers, Jesus is saying, I give you authority. I put a badge on you. I deputize you to, to send you out in authority. But also in power, as we'll see in another verse. In Matthew 10, 7 and 8. As you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you've received, freely give. Wow, what a mandate God's given us. He's given it to us because we are to be imitators of Him, right? Remember that. Imitate Christ. This is what Christ did. In Luke 9, chapter 1 and 2. And he called the twelve together and he gave them power. Everybody say power. power. Everybody say authority. authority. Over all the demons and to heal diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God to perform healing. You know what the word kingdom in the Greek language actually means? The rule and reign of Christ. The rule and reign of of Christ. And Christ deputizes you and me to represent him as the new sheriff in town. So wherever you go, guess what? You're the sheriff. Can you think of yourself as the sheriff? You're the sheriff. You're the disco ball. You're shining your light for Jesus, but you're also, you're walking in that power. You're walking in that authority. Jesus said in Luke 24, verse 49, he says, be endued with power from on high. Be clothed with power from on high. What is this power? It's the dunamis. The ability to perform miracles. It's moral power. It's to be whole. It says to make your, your soul excellent. So in this resurrection power, we have, it, church, we have all this ammunition. And we have these resources of heaven. I'm not speaking about just cash in a bank. But let's just face it. If you need to purchase something, many of us use a bank. You need to make a withdrawal, don't you? To make the purchase. Or you use your credit card. Hoping that you'll have that money in there. But in the kingdom of God. The money's there. There's no lack of resources of his power. There's no lack of his resources of authority. He's called us to walk in that power. And that authority. So. You're the new sheriff. How many of you. Are going to college. I need you, I need you all to stand up. The, the, the ones that are going. Just stand up right where you are. And you're here, so you get to stand up too. You just graduated, so you're about to step into the real world. You've already been there, but you got some good things coming. Okay, we got two, four, okay, five. Y'all want to pray for them to be deputized with me? Would you like to do that? We give you permission. Uh, before I pray, I just want to tell you, we give you permission to walk in this power. We give you permission to walk in this authority. We give you permission to be the sheriff for Jesus. And you might be sitting there thinking, I don't know if I want to be the sheriff. It's okay. Take an adventure. Life is too short. Don't be like so many of my hospice patients at the end. 
They're thinking, I wish I'd have tried this. I wish I'd have done that. I was too afraid to ever take a risk. And they settled. Don't settle. Wasn't it Elijah that left everything behind? The plow? I forget that passage. Elisha? He, he, he just... He had to leave it because he didn't want to be tempted to go back and try to get it. He burned it maybe or something. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to go with what I feel like the Lord's bringing to my mind. Don't, don't try to set up any kind of parachute. Just, just run out there in the Lord in the sense of trusting in Him. Your faith is in Him. Your trust is in Him. Risking with Him. And you will become fully alive as you take this adventure with Jesus. So we just collectively as a church bless you. Father, we bless these graduates right now. We bless them to be your hands. We bless them to be your feet. We bless them to walk in your goodness and your mercy, to walk in your power, to walk in your authority. Holy Spirit, endue them right now. Holy Spirit, empower them with your resurrection power. Lord, I just declare every assignment broken off of them that comes from evil. I break every curse ever spoken over them by the blood of Jesus. We say no in a name right now. Every curse ever spoken over them, every assignment, we just remove it. We untangle their feet so they can run with the, the sprinting as of a deer. They would just untangle them right now. And we say run this race. Run it with no regrets. Love is the key. Love is the key. Gentle as a dove but yet fierce in your determination as a lion. Amen. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thank y'all for participating with me. It's never to try to embarrass you. It's only to hopefully equip you, encourage you, to release you. You all are arrows in the quiver of your parents, and they're about to, you're about to be shot out. Arrows out of the quiver, sharp to go out to the kingdom. Matthew eleven two. Now when John, while imprisoned, heard of the works of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the expected one? Speaking to Jesus. Now this is John the Baptist. He's about to get his head cut off. Are you the expected one, the coming one, or shall we look for someone else? Jesus answered and said to them, to John's disciples, Go and report to John what you hear and see. This is how Jesus wanted John to know that he was the Messiah. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the gospel preached to them. If you want to imitate Christ, folks, look at Matthew 11 to you right there. He told John, here's my resume. Here's my resume. This is how you can know, John, that you're not about to lose your life for no reason. Because this is who I am. This is what I've come to do. I've come to establish my kingdom here. And that's what we're to do as the followers of Christ. We're to establish His kingdom come. To come together. What's in heaven, Lord? Bring it today for us. We get to bring His kingdom. His authority, His rule, His reign. And... We're to do what Jesus did. Robbie Dawkins wrote a book, Do What Jesus Did. Um, I like to follow him. and He goes into Muslim countries and manifests healing and 
just beautiful. Take risk. Take risk. I'm going to close with an illustration. I haven't shared very many illustrations. I'll close with uh, a a few quick stories. So while we were in my first time in Malawi, we go into a gas station. And all my team members are inside and they're getting like a, they're getting a, a snack or, you know, getting refreshments. Everybody say the word ripple effect. Ripple effect. That's what happened to Tommy when I prayed for him at the hotel. There was a ripple effect. Tommy came back to me. And he said, I need to get in touch with you, brother. There's more going on than what you realize in my life. I need to talk to somebody. When I went to a gas station recently, it looked like, literally like the Bloods and the Crips had just held a meeting. Gangsters, okay? I mean, it looked pretty tough. This is in Monroe. Holy Spirit, I felt strongly. Now, ladies, I do not encourage you to do this. And guys, you do you do what you feel the Lord's leading you to do. But I felt led to walk over in the middle of the darkness and say, guys, can I pray for you? That's a great opening line if you ever want to know. Can I pray for you? Is there anything I can pray for you? It It just disarms. It disarms the enemy. Because there's so much of what's going on in them. Many times, if, I've, if I'm on a flight, that I, I always make it my mission, pray for every stewardess if they'll let me. I've had one steward, I've had one flight not let me pray for them late, this year that I know of. I mean, I, I, every time I've been given permission except for one time. So in this g- gas station in America, these guys, they're looking at each other, they're making faces. I can tell they got their own, you know, communication and they're laughing at me. I, they're not like laughing out loud, but they're smirking and they're like, this white cracker wants to pray for us. That's what I'm thinking. They're thinking, right? I'm making a judgment. But I'm just saying, like, I could tell there's something going on more than, yeah, sure, you can pray for us. I'm watching all that's taking place. And anyway, they finally agree to let me pray with them. We start to pray. They're all, we're holding hands, man. <laughs> me and the gangsters are holding hands in this parking lot in the, in the gas station. We get done praying and I open my eyes and two other young African American men had walked over and had joined in. And I looked at them. I said, hey, guys, what's going on? And they said, we didn't want to miss the blessing. Isn't that something? We didn't want to miss the blessing. And so as I'm walking off, one young man, the Lord, he'll draw me to people sometimes. And I'll just look them right in the eye. And it's just like they, it's, there's something about the eyes. Man, I'll just get in their eyes and the, the love of the Father just pierces them. And they just begin to melt. They'll just melt under the presence of God, under His presence. And that young man says to me, he says, Brother, I gave him my card. He says, he says, I need to talk to you. I need to talk to you. I'm, I'm going to call you. Now, you know, whether he'll call me or not, we'll see. But at least he knows there was, a, there was a man that showed him Jesus, that loved on them, spoke good things over them, spoke life over them. Back to Africa, I get out and I start looking for... In Africa, they have... Gas station workers. Now in America, we don't see that very often. But in the old days, you would have people come out and fill up your vehicle and all that. In Africa, they do that still. And there's like seven different employees that are standing outside. And they're they're working on people's stuff. And, and they let me pray for them. So different ones. One had an ear problem and having pain and it's some other kind of issue, discharging or something. We prayed for it. 
the pain left. We got to come back four days later. This same gas station I had no idea we were going to do this. And I followed up. Sure enough, the guy said his ear was better. He was healed in his ear. And um, But the, the thing I remember the most was this. This one young man had no need for healing. He just said, pray for my, my future. Pray for my destiny. I said, okay. And honestly, I didn't think much about this. I just didn't. I didn't think much about it. And I prayed for the young man, for his destiny. But I prayed, Lord Jesus, by your spirit, clothe him and endue him in your power. I remember praying that for him. Four days later when I come back, he meets me as I'm getting off the bus. This young man that wanted me to pray for his destiny. He says, brother, he's excited. I mean, his face is glowing. He says, brother, he says, I have to tell you. He says, since we prayed, I've not been the same. I've not been the same since we prayed. And so before I left, I had him pray for someone who needed prayer. One of his other workers who were having health issues. He prayed some kind of pain in their body. He prayed that person was touched by the Lord. Church, this is not complicated. Be his hands. Be his feet. I've even gotten to see some pretty cool miracles. I've, I've got to see an Ethiopian shoe shiner at, a, at the Ethiopian airport. He is a Muslim. God, Lord touched his eye. His eye was able to see. He could see it out of his eye. Um, clearer. I'm not going to say he was 100%, but he, had, he told me, he said, I can see better. Jesus. I kept telling him, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. He went and got one of his Muslim friends and brought him back to me to pray for him, but the Muslim wouldn't let me pray for him. But he was witnessing to a Muslim to say, this man... Knows Jesus. Let him pray for you. You see how this is working? We need to manifest and demonstrate the kingdom of God. That's what the Lord would want us to do. Last story. I'm closing my book. So, on the second trip to Malawi, we take... There's four men. One of the men's name is Jimmy Ely. He's a pharmaceutical sales rep. And Jimmy... Saw me in Monroe. When I get to the airport, the mission trip is on. I find a lady who's blind. She's got one of those little sticks. And I walk over and say, ma'am, can I pray with you? She let me pray with her. I'm praying for the miracle. I don't see it. But that's okay. That's not going to slow me down. Blaine Cook said that someone told him to pray for a thousand times before he quit so he would not get discouraged. You may not ever see a single healing until you've prayed 700, 800, 900, 1,000 times. But don't stop. Keep persevering. Keep persevering. Keep persevering. And since I've continued to do that, I've seen many come into a healing. Well, Jimmy's watching me pray for this blind person. And Jimmy realizes, I've got shoulder problem. It's been hurting me for, you know, a month or so. So he asked me to pray, and Dr. Mike Walker, the dentist, he put the trip together. We prayed for Jimmy. A lot of times I'll ask, do you feel any different? But since Jimmy was going to be with us on a trip, I thought I'd just let Jimmy tell us once it got better. And sure enough, when we landed in Dallas, Texas, Jimmy told me, he said, Whit, he says, my shoulders, I have no more pain in my shoulder. It's already better. Okay, the story gets better. We get to Washington, D.C. Jimmy can't sleep without a CPAP machine. He can't breathe good. He's got problems sleeping. He has to have a CPAP machine. And so he's starting to panic. Everybody else has gone to bed. I'm kind of a night owl. I'm still awake. And, but everybody else has gone to bed, and it's just Jimmy and I that are awake. And Jimmy comes to me, and he's got part of his CPAP machine. 
And y'all, he is stressing out. Like he's, I can tell he's under some serious anxiety. He's, he's like, wait, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's like, I, I, this is going to be a long trip and I don't have my CPAP machine. I left it at the house. <laughs> Became an opportunity. We prayed for his CPAP issues, a breathing, whatever that, I don't know what you'd call it, but I know he has to have a machine. We prayed for his sleeping to get better, for his breathing to get better. We prayed, and, and let me just tell you, the Lord did exceedingly and abundantly more than I could ever hope or imagine. We, for the whole trip, he slept better than all of us without his CPAP. We were in Malawi, Africa one night. We had no electricity. It was hot, 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 hot. And Jimmy slept without any electricity. None of us slept, but Jimmy slept the whole night. No fan. I mean, he just slept. I mean, just the miracle of God. God's goodness and His grace and His mercy rested upon Jimmy. So guess what happens when Jimmy gets back to America? He's praying for everybody he comes in contact with. He's, He's becoming a disciple, right? He's manifesting the goodness of God. He's at a, he, one of the stories he told me, he's like, I'm at this receptionist and I'm praying for this young lady who's a receptionist and I begin to pray with her and she just begins to weep under the presence of God. He says, wit, he says, I've taken experience in God. I've taken all these spiritual discipleship courses. He said, but I've never gotten to see what I've been seeing since we came back from Africa. He said, I'm just loving this. I'm, I'm trying to pull you in church. Now, some of you I know are doing this here, but I'm trying to pull all of us in to the more. Don't you want to please your Father in heaven? You know, in Hebrews it says it is impossible to please God without faith. Let's please Him. Let's please Him. And that's how I'm going to Segue into our response time. Because I want you to be free today in this way. If you're, if you're wanting to have more boldness, admit it that you want more boldness. You want to have more boldness as you pray. You might have a need to be prayed for. Larry, I don't know, you know, I know that there are some here that have giftings, but if you have some that that have the spiritual gift that like to pray for the sick, I'd like for them to help me this morning. I, don't know if that, I hope that's okay. But any of you that that you 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 love to pray for those who are sick, you love to pray for those who are sick. I want to encourage you to to respond. You might be having some kind of health need. We'd love to pray for that. But I here's what I felt like. I needed to talk to you about this morning, and that was equipping you to do what we just read about, what we just talked about. More about the sending. More about in Nashville, you demonstrating God's love, demonstrating His kingdom. That's what I felt like we needed to cover this morning more than anything. And so, take a step, take a risk. How many of you remember riding your bike with the training wheels? You remember that? Was that not the hardest thing? I remember. It was one of the hardest things I ever did as a child was riding the bike without the training wheels. That was hard. That's what I'm asking you to do today as a believer in Jesus. 
Let's take the training wheels off. Let's get outside the walls and let's begin to walk in His power. Let me pray for us and then I'm going to ask for a response. Father in heaven, Holy Spirit, you have been speaking to this group in ways that I don't know how. I've just communicated what you put in my heart. But Lord, I know that you've been moving on hearts. You've been moving in thoughts with ideas. So Lord, for those who desire boldness. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move on their hearts right now. Move on their hearts. Those who want to have more boldness. Move on their hearts. Lord, for any who don't know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would just make it known to them that we all need Jesus. That Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for our sins. That we could be covered, forgiven. But not only that, we could be saved, healed, and delivered. We could get the whole picture of why you came to earth, Jesus. So, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.